And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, back from vacation. Sorry about the no podcast last week, but I had, I had a great time on the beach in South Carolina. Uh, definitely a, a much-needed break from reality. So, But I'm back, back in the saddle again. Uh, I was joined by my good friend Renzo, Renzo Martinez. Um, it's always a great time talking to Remzo, as always. You know him. You love him. And we, we tried unsuccessfully to catch up on everything I missed last week. Um, there was a, a fire hose of news. So I, I did my best. We talked about uh, the Virginia election. Uh, we talked about the press going after Aaron Rodgers. Um, we talked about the Republicans who, for some reason, decided to save Joe Biden's presidency with the infrastructure vote. Uh, and we left a bunch out. Sorry. <laughs> I'll continue my recap on Wednesday. But uh, before I get to Remzo, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're on iTunes, please uh, take the time to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Remzo Martinez. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, how you been, man? Okay, Brady, you know I had to start it off with this, but I'm just going to ask you, and I promise I won't ask again. Okay. Did you watch the Canelo versus Plant fight? Nope. I, I, I'm going to watch it. Did you, I, see, gonna... did, you see, did you see the last round, though? I saw the knockout, but yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. Super busy. I didn't watch the UFC fights on Saturday. I didn't watch the Canelo fight. I have a lot of fights to catch up on. Man, this one was like one of those fights where it's like you watch it and you want both of them to win and you just don't know how you feel round for round. It's one, it's probably one of the, the, the best fights I've witnessed. Dude, you see, um, Dana White after what's his name? Uh, Usman won. <laughs> he, he, he was like, and he's like a wrestler, by the way, he's a grab, like he can punch, but like, he's not a, a boxer by any means. And, and he was like, he called out Canelo. He's like, I want to box Canelo. And Dana White was like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched the Canelo fight. He does not. He doesn't want to do that. That that's not, that would not be a good idea. <laughs> like, come on, man. Hey, man. Like, what? What are we doing? I uh, feel. I feel like that's part of your contract if you're a UFC fighter. You have to just assume out, that yeah. you could beat everybody. Like, whether you actually believe it or not, it's like I can beat God Himself. It's like, nah. I think you should probably hold back. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, nah, man. It's not. I just. I can't do it. Like I, I didn't I, I mean we talked about this on the podcast before like I still haven't even watched like the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather nonsense like I just have such little interest in that nonsense I just I will not mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm allergic to it like I cannot do it I cannot waste well, my time I respect myself well, too well, much well well I mean it's at a point now where it's like I'm probably gonna watch uh, Jake Paul fight Tommy Fury and I'm at the point where it's like this is the most interesting thing in the world because everything else is just so depressing at the moment. It's like, yeah, I'll watch this. I'll watch Tommy Fury get his teeth kicked in. Did you watch? Punched uh, in. Did you watch the heavyweight title fight a few weeks ago? I mean, that was between dude, between Tyson, Tyson, yeah, and uh, Wilder. Tyson yeah. wasn't fighting for himself. He was fighting for every man who's been down on his luck. That was some inspirational stuff right there, dude. If they fought a hundred more times, he'd knock out 
Wilder a hundred times. I mean, he's like he just outclassed him. Like it was it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, what what was even more telling, like you know, I I, I you you look at uh, Plant and him and Canelo immediately went to each other and started talking. And I mean, they're good they're good sports, but then you know with that with that uh, Tyson Fury versus Wilder fight, Fury went over to Wilder's corner and was like trying to give him a compliment, trying to, you know, be grateful for such a great fight. And Wilder wouldn't even look him in the eyes and he hadn't said anything since. Which is it's weird. like, you know, it's like you made so much money from that. Yeah, you lost. Yeah, your pride hurts. But like, my God, like that was not an easy fight. No, there was really no guarantee going in. I was actually leaning towards Wilder in that. I didn't think that uh, Fury had it in him to do something that big so soon. And yeah, he, he's done, he's done some fights to get ready to earn that spot against him. But I was looking at it and I think that was one of the first fights all year. Well, this is the third I, time they I, fought. I called it completely wrong. This yeah. Is the thir- this is third time they fought and, and Fury beat the crap out of them all three times. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was crazy. So we, all right, we got to get to politics because it's a little bit shorter of an episode and I was off all last <laughs> week. So we have a, t- a ton to get Nothing to. else happened in the world, just that fight. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I know we're not going to get to 99% of what's happened in the last week and a half since my last podcast, but, I mean, I guess it's ancient history now, news cycle-wise. But last Tuesday, the Libs did get trucked in Virginia, your former home state. Uh, as soon as, by, I, freak, as, as, soon as, soon as I freaking move out, they decide to get their shit together. <laughs> the entire state. Just a red wave. <laughs> As soon as Renzo gets out of town. Oh, my gosh. So, Yunkin won. I mean, he won by two and a half points in a state. Biden won a year ago by double digits. So, but, I mean, my takeaway, it is heartening that he won running on pretty libertarian issues. Like, I mean, his big points during the campaign were school choice, you know, ending the psychotic COVID tyranny, stuff like that. So, I'm like, I mean, who knows? Who knows if he's going to be a good governor or or a, a squishy Republican governor? Nobody knows. But... You know, it's encouraging that he ran on like a, a solid message that guys like you and I would agree with. And it actually resonated with people, which hardly ever happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would even say that he was definitely much more of like a white collar populist. Like you can yeah. talk about the policies, you could sound like the smartest guy in the room. But if you're not actively looking at the things that are going to make people's lives immediately better, um, you know, you're, you're missing it. And when he finally started taking a turn for the better it's when he started talking about the vaccine mandates and why they were terrible. It's why he why he was standing firm with, I'm not going to lock down the economy again. Yeah. It's when he started saying that CRT is never going to be you know, taught in our schools that people were finally like, I guess this guy has his stuff together. And uh, I mean, when you look at Winsome Sears, when you look at the, the gentleman who won attorney general, like this is probably the, the most conservative ticket that we've had in Virginia in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, I, I look back at Ken Cuccinelli and, and Ken Cuccinelli, while he was definitely riding that Tea Party wave, he conceded on a lot of things that really ticked off a lot of Republicans. And then what Republicans did was they they went with two really awkward turns. They went for like this mushy post-Obama Republican rat with Ed Gillespie in 2014 and 2017. And then they were like, you know what, we're going to go way, way farther. And then they went for like this neo-nationalist Corey Stewart who I talk yeah. about in my book has succeed in politics. And that, that was that just guy. like, Man. that, that was like the, that was like the watching the Zeppelin crash and burn. So finally everyone kind of got their stuff together. And I mean, if there's a one th- good thing that came out of 2020 with the lockdowns and everything, it's this number 
5% if you look at every statewide race going back to the three-way governor's race between uh, Terry McAuliffe, Ken Cuccinelli, and Rob Sarvis in 2013, there's this 5% of independent left-leaning voters who usually only turn out for presidential cycles. And those are who you're fighting for. And they're predominantly in Fairfax County. Now, you need that 5% to win any statewide race, but that 5% is part of Fairfax County. What I think it was um, uh, Larry Sabato from University of Virginia, he went ahead and said something, which I, I wish more people would give him credit for this. Now, he's a liberal. He was upset that Youngkin won, but he was right about this number. Youngkin needs 35% of Fairfax County to win the whole thing. And literally on election night, he was able to appeal to that working class, you know, middle class that is being shrunk in Northern Virginia. Usually you're looking at some pretty well-off people, but you know, they were affected with telework. They were affected with rising prices and gas and inflation tearing apart their wealth. They were affected with their kids being locked out of schools and then being forced to wear four or five masks and everything. These parents who were that independent left-leaning demographic who usually thought politics didn't affect them, they finally felt the pinch. They finally were like, you know what? This shit has to end. And yeah. on election night, he literally won 35% of Fairfax County. That yeah. gave him the state. It doesn't yeah. matter how red the map is. If you don't get that amount of Fairfax County, nothing matters. Yeah. And he got it. Yeah, and I, I think the GOP has found a, a little bit of a blueprint too at least in terms of the suburbs, and that's the, the school choice stuff. It's the education issues. Um, because especially in the last few weeks of the campaign, that's what Youngkin was hitting extra hard. I mean, the, the Democrats made it easy to, to make the case after they tried to cover up the rape of a 14-year-old in a government school bathroom. Um, they kind of handed uh, Glenn Youngkin a, a, a golden opportunity there with their evil behavior. But, like, I, I think, you know, going back to, like, the 90s with James Carville's it's the economy stupid thing, talking about... Uh, Bill Clinton's 92 campaign. I I think that's over. Like I think people will people care about the economy only when they're really feeling it, you know, and I, they will. They're going to be forced to at some point soon here. I think things are going to get a lot worse. But like I, I mean, I, dude, dur during Trump's last year in office, Republicans, Republican voters and Democrat voters across the board said that they wanted stimulus checks. One in three Americans in 2020 did not have $500 in a savings account, which is the make or, day, make or break difference whether or not you can afford a random hospital bill or something. Yeah. Americans, as fiscally responsible as we like to think we are, we're, we're largely not. And that's not, and that's not like a working class, middle class, upper class issue. That, that's, just a, that's just an issue that happens when you have ready to print cash, when you have easy access to credit, when, when you're just not planning for when life happens. And I think the only positive thing that's come out of the past year, and that's what led to this, is the fact that finally they felt it. Everybody was forced to feel it and make a change, for better or worse. But in, but over the last year and a half, too, parents have, you know, because their, they, you know, their kids were out of school for a year and all that, they were exposed to how ridiculous and evil public schools are. Like, they, they got to sit in and watch on these Zoom calls and stuff what the the democrats are teaching their their children what the teachers unions are teaching their children and i think it's a lot it's an easier pitch for the gop to get people to realize that government schools are run by insane commie degenerates than it is to try to convince everybody to read mises and hayek and rothbard and all those guys you know oh yeah I mean? the like, the, inno just, the, the innocence of the babysitter is dead 
Yeah. No more are you going to get people who blanketly worship at the feet of teachers because they need them to stay, stay at their job because they don't want to, to deal with their own kids. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't I don't know if the economy is going to be the number one issue. I, I don't know if I, I don't even know if the American people want free markets anymore. Like you just mentioned how, like, the majority of voters wanted stimulus checks and stuff. Like, I don't even know if they want to be free. I don't even know if people want rugged individualism anymore. But they don't want their daughters raped in bathrooms by boys wearing skirts. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want that. They don't want critical race theory. They don't want all of this stuff. And, like, moving forward into uh, the midterms next year, it's like, uh, you know, the GOP's mantra, it shouldn't be it's the economy stupid. It should be it's the children stupid. You know what I mean? Just keep hammering. That's good. I mean, That's like, good. Terry McAuliffe brought Randy Weingarten <laughs> to campaign with them the, like two days before the election. It's like the Democratic Party, they're obsessed with these people, with critical race theory, with the teachers' unions. They, they're they in their pockets. And I, I don't know, man, if if the if the GOP hammers the, the public school issues, all, all this madness going on in government schools, I think they can clean house next year. Yeah, but I don't think you could take the issues that matter uh, local or state election and take it federal. I mean, I largely believe that the federal GOP in the House and the Senate is just, you know, controlled opposition. We saw that with the number of Republicans that just voted for Biden's, you know, trillions and trillions of yeah. dollars in, quote, infrastructure. And those are the people that are going to talk about, oh, let's fight Facebook. Oh, let's fight cancel culture. Oh, let's do this. They're going to actually run on things and raise money on issues that they actually have no control over. Because, I mean, your, your congressman has nothing to do with your local school board. I think, if anything, you know, people really need to think of a Tho Bishop approach, Tho Bishop yeah. from the Mises Institute. Um, you know, what he's doing, working with local GOPs across the country to remind um, Republicans that when you combine this, you know, conservative libertarian populism and you start to take back your own neighborhoods, yeah. that's where the change is. Because that's where that's what Americans realized. It's like, you know, whether whether you liked Trump, whether you like Biden, so the, the one person that can really screw things up for you is um, is the person who is running your, your local board of supervisors and stuff like that. I mean, Republicans yeah. have just ignored those seats, ignored those races for so long. It's time they get their shit together and figure it out. Because I don't think if people are saying, "Oh, we need to use Glenn Youngkin's approach everywhere," I think that's I think that's short-sighted, and I think that's going to lead to, to more problems. Because what Glenn Youngkin did was he met people where they were, yeah, and he spoke to them, not at them, right? And that's how he won their support. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And let's talk about the the. You know, the congressional Republicans, I mean, like the GOP was fresh off of a massive win in Virginia. I mean, they, they almost won the governorship in, in uh, New Jersey. The Republican only lost by a point and a half, I believe. And so, I mean, they're they It looks like they had Biden on the ropes. Every stadium in the country is chanting, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, I, I was at a, I was I was watching uh, Bob Saget two weeks ago at a comedy club in Milwaukee and people started chanting that. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. And Milwaukee's not <laughs> a, you know, conservative stronghold by any stretch of the No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, so it's like the GOP, they had the Democrats on the ropes and then for absolutely no reason, for absolutely no reason, 13 Republican congressmen and 19 Republican senators vote to pass Biden's infrastructure bill that'll spend a trillion and a half dollars we don't have on random nonsense it's like somewhere between five and ten percent he of the told money. me it will cost zero dollars I, I i i don't I, what 
practical or political excuse is there for this besides these men and women simply being controlled opposition? I mean, like, there's no, like, this po- is this is literal like North Korean propaganda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's no po- like politically. I mean, it's political malpractice. First of all, I mean, like, there's just no why. Like, why would you save the Brandon administration? Like, why would you save this old degenerate's presidency? It makes absolutely no sense. And then, like, poli- like practically speaking, nobody wants this. It's not like anybody's clamoring for this. You know, I mean, there's. It's not like their constituents would care if they voted no. Like, it's not even like. I mean, ten years no from reason. now, th- those roads and bridges and lead pipes carrying your water—they're not going to be improved. No. I mean, this is this is what Obama literally tried to do with less money almost a decade ago, and it was crazy then. And a majority of it didn't even go to where it went. And, and you know, this this happened the way I thought it would with Republicans like Romney and Kinzinger in the House and everyone else saying, oh, you know, we're just going to go ahead and step around and make sure it's actually going towards infrastructure. Once the money goes, like nobody cares. And there are things in this bill that didn't even have to do with infrastructure. Your, your crypto is going to be taxed more. They're going to really start, uh, you know, spy more on your on your bank account activity. Like what this is, is this is just another giant wealth transfer. In fact, you know, this is a progressive of wet dream that makes the great society look small by comparison yeah yeah it's bad man it's bad and i like my gosh i it's i know man i know you and i are both still registered republicans you know and uh man oh dude i'm not even registered to vote in this state I really don't know how 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 how, uh, how how optimistic I feel about things. Now, don't get me wrong. I think my vote is a jinx vote. Notice how the moment I move <laughs> to a completely different state, the state de- decides to get better. So maybe I'm the problem here. But it's uh, it, it's just one of those situations where it's like you know, like with Youngkin, like I remember Bob McDonald, uh, last statewide Republican elected in in the Commonwealth in 2009. He was promising to be a great conservative and everything, and he was a giant POS who ruined the state and made everything way more expensive, and he gave Democrats 10 years of rule. Now, do I think that Youngkin is going to be like Bob McDonald? Uh, I hope not, but I don't know. And ultimately, you know, I, I joke that God hates Virginia because we have an election every year. Uh, theoretically, well, not even theoretically, but like they have two years from now. So they have until 2023 to deliver on their promises and prove that their stuff works or else they'll 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 lose the House and the Senate. I'm sorry, the, the House of Delegates and the State Senate again. And then Youngkin will just, you know, be be pushing through like mail, you know, like uh, post office renaming and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, he, he might expand some broadband and you know legalize some pot to make some people happy. And, and then he'll go and then they'll just go ahead and bring back a Democrat. Like he has to like like the pressure is more so than any other governorship I've seen in Virginia history. Loving the optimism, buddy. Just great, <laughs> just great stuff. <laughs> the man just won. He's not even governor yet. Man, uh, he, he he has a month to pick his drapes and maybe go on a vacation. <laughs> I mean, he spent sixteen million dollars on a job that spent one hundred and twenty-five k. Yeah, like, man. you know, I got I got to give him the moxie for it. It was the most expensive race between him and Terry McAuliffe in state history. But now it's time to actually do what you promised and get stuff done because the clock is ticking. I, I do like, you know, he uh, obviously it would, it, I believe the Republicans now have like a two seat majority in the House of Delegates. It's one. It's one. a one seat majority. It's a 51 to 49. Oh, boy, man. Yeah. I mean, they had to flip nine seats to get that. Yeah. Understand, like, they were they were down deep in a hole. 
Oh yeah. And the fact that they were even able to to get to the here, I mean, it, it's a fragile majority. It's a majority enough to pass legislation, but it's a fragile majority. I, I do like that Youngkin. I mean, his campaign promises were very simple and straightforward. You know, like I will not allow CRT to be taught in schools. You know, I will not shut down the economy. I like it's all like this very clear cut stuff. I will bring school choice to every kid in Virginia. So it's like it's it's hard to like. I mean, if he goes back, I mean, it, it could turn into like read my lips, no new taxes kind of territory because it was very. It was. Worded I, I mean, I made phone calls from Matt Bevan in Kentucky. Like Matt Bevan was supposed to be a conservative Tea Party darling. And his own lieutenant governor voted against him. A majority <laughs> of Republicans voted against him in uh, yeah. in, in, yeah, in the man. last election. Like Bevan is like persona non grata. Yeah, I met he, Matt Bevan in uh, in 2017 when he came it, to Virginia and campaigned with Ed Gillespie. And I literally looked at him and said, I made phone calls for you. I did stuff for you. And I wasn't even a Kentucky resident because everyone was looking at you. And you've raised taxes. You've made life worse for people. And now you're here <laughs> advocating for the most moderate establishment person when we have yeah, genuinely man. good conservative candidates running for governor. What happens, man? And he gave me the whole spiel of, you know, I know what it's like to work. I was I was poor as a kid. It's like, I don't care about your childhood. I care about what you're doing now. <laughs> and that's when I stopped being invited to college Republican events. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were better off for it, I'm, I'm sure. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't sweating it. So you, you did recently move to Wisconsin. So you're obligated to become a massive Green Bay Packers fan. You know, just like you know, them. I'll never, I'll never be a huge NFL guy. But you know, when I moved here and I, I was living ten minutes away from, from a, um, from, br- from where the Brewers play. You're supposed to assimilate. You, you know, it'll, it'll take a while. I never even got in with the Redskins or whatever they're calling themselves now. I, mean, I will, I will always, at my heart, I will always be a Maryland supporter, even though I was across the Potomac. I will always root for the Ravens and for the Orioles. Those are the only teams I ultimately care about. And I really hate the Ravens. Really, really hate the race. But anyway, a lot of people... They haven't uh, broken my boy RG3. They haven't broken him, but the Redskins broke him in like one season. <laughs> RG3's out of the league, I think. I think he's a now TV, he is. I think he's a TV analyst now. Yeah, Poor now guy. he's a sports commentator. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the, the Redskins, Ravens didn't break him. The Redskins him. were like <laughs> determined to get that young man killed, though. I mean, <laughs> my gosh. Never forget. Like, why would you let a guy play with a blown out knee to begin with because those subway sponsorships don't pay for themselves brady (laughs) (laughs) anyway there's a lot of people angry at uh packers quarterback aaron Rodgers because he's not a democrat (laughs) i mean (laughs) look like i don't like i i actually i'm not even anti-vaccine i did get the vaccine like i don't know why i did my wife wanted me to so i was like okay but uh like dude imagine (laughs) imagine being a sports writer just a big fat slob, <laughs> just just being a 500 pounder, just criticizing the reigning NFL MVP's health choices. <laughs> it's like, dude, like if you if if you haven't lifted more than 12 fluid ounces in your entire life, please shut your fat face and stop criticizing Aaron. I, I I bet I bet Rogers I, I, is like, crying, oh, crying oh into his money. like dude he's a three-time nfl mvp and all these idiot leftists on twitter are are just like man it's so funny man covid it's like the ultimate excuse for these people that have no self-esteem and have accomplished nothing 
it just gives them ability the, the ability to like convince themselves that they're morally superior than everybody else. I think and I see people calling weird, it man. the cathedral now. Yeah. It's now, the cathedral I, mindset. It's a new religion. It is. It is. I mean, like, it's these idiots that just drink beer and eat Cheetos all day long. Now they're going on Twitter and saying that they're healthier than Aaron Rodgers. A, a, a three-time MVP super athlete. Yeah, man. You're way healthier than Aaron Rodgers. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Nah. The, the bar is low. The bar is low. Man, it's insane. I mean, at least put down the Doritos before criticizing NFL players. Like, what happened God. to Michael Moore? I need to follow Michael Moore on Twitter. I want to know what Michael Moore has to say about this. <laughs> Dude, you know. Talk about throwback. Dude, if Michael Moore, I'm going to go to his Twitter. If he, if he, if that man <laughs> tweeted <laughs> about Aaron Rodgers. Nope, he's talking about build back better. Oh, God. Oh, it's great. Dude, I want Michael Moore to have tweeted about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' health. <laughs> Dude, like, oh, come on. You know you want to. Oh, come on, Michael Moore. Isn't that horrifying that we were just children no, man. When, no. when Michael Moore was getting started and, like, decades later we're still talking about Michael Moore? <laughs> I remember watching, uh, what's the anti-gun thing documentary he made? Bowling for Columbine. Bowling for Columbine. I remember watching that as a kid and. You, you know what's oh. actually funny? You, you know what's actually funny? And this is the only compliment I will give Michael Moore. Like Michael Moore actually did paint the cultural narrative for liberals for for almost a full generation. And you see a lot of his fingerprints and stuff, like how he communicates to like the far left activist groups and stuff like that. Like he made the establishment listen. Like he's a total piece of shit. He lies often and he lives in an alternate reality. But in terms of like, you know, being able to use documentaries and other stuff to completely change people's, you know, tones on certain issues, like that, that man is a, you know, I, w I, w I wish more, I wish there was like a conservative Michael Moore. I don't think there is, but I wish there was. Conservative Michael Moore would be like Mike Cernovich. You know oh, what? Well, I mean? Because Mike Cernovich is actually healthy. <laughs> no, 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 I just mean like, you know, kind of like, you know. Well, you know, like like his like like his documentary kind of out there, you know. Yeah. Gets well. stuff wrong a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know, is that a that's not a terrible comparison. I mean, Mike. Mike is like anyone else who's been out there. I, me, me and him get along fine, so I won't say much. But it's no, one of the situations. No, I don't know the guy. I, I don't have any ill will towards oh, him. Oh, bro, at all. you got you got to read Gorilla Mindset. You got to get his book, Gorilla Mindset. That shit's great. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read it again when I started doing jujitsu. Now because of him, I'm doing a Wim Hof cold exposure seminar in December. I'm what? probably gonna catch hypothermia. Oh yeah, that's weird. It's Wim Hof and jujitsu. In 48 hours. If you want to just be super cold, just come duck hunting with me, man. Sit in a duck blind uh, all morning in 28 degrees. and I need, I, need, I need the story. I need the story. These podcasts don't record themselves anymore. <laughs> it, the ducks don't shoot themselves either, Renzo. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and I, I am sad to report that after scouring Michael Moore's Twitter feed, he, in fact, did not criticize Aaron Rodgers. So... It would have been great, though. It would have, it would have been great. All right. Well, there's still time. Maybe there's the man still had, time. Maybe he's self-aware enough not to. You know, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out of time. Gotta let you go. I appreciate you, my brother. Where can they ever check you, out? 
Where can everybody check out your two podcasts and uh, follow you and keep in touch and all that? Uh, keep it easy. Go check me out. Hey, Remzo, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O. New podcast out every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Go ahead and check out On the Run with Remzo W. Martinez and the Second Print Comics podcast. Everybody check it out. Everybody follow Remzo. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.